Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 165 of the Hawks Talk podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks podcast hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, how are you? Was a vacation inside my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been gone for about a month, man. But uh, It's you not know. been a month. It's been three weeks. Three weeks? A month? Almost. It's almost been a month since our last podcast. So, last time we potted was... Uh, Afterthought got eliminated. The NBA playoffs are still not over. The playoffs are still going on. There's four teams remaining. The Heat, the Celtics, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. Even though uh, the way those series are going, uh, the next time we record a podcast, there might only be two teams left because those series look to be a bit of uh, unfair matchups. Anyways, Logan, a lot has gone down in the NBA. This is the last time we recorded. None of has to do with the Hawks. You know, you know. I, I, I want to start off this podcast, Logan, by the first thing I'm saying is, God bless our front office for going out midseason and getting <laughs> Quinn Snyder. With some of these coaching interviews and hires being discussed and how many openings there are, I mean, it. I'll just say it, and this really isn't something I'm speculating. This is just, you know, this is the cold hard truth, everyone. If Quinn Snyder was not the Hawks head coach, if the Hawks had waited till this offseason, not gone after midseason, Quinn Snyder would be the top candidate, leading candidate for a lot of these jobs. A lot of these jobs are... Very lucrative. I mean, you have the Suns who have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, you have the Bucks who have Giannis, and I mean now the I mean the Raptors even. Seventy sixers. I just want to say seventy sixers with the reigning MVP. I just want to say, man, God bless the Hawks front office for getting us Quinn Snyder. I'm glad to see all these stories. I'm glad that I'm not seeing any tweets from Shams talking about the Hawks are interviewing we'd, Mark we'd Jackson, just, <laughs> JJ Redick. We would be hiring Mark Jackson. That's hundred percent what we'd be doing. If if any team oh, the, if any team hires JJ Redick, they get what they deserve. Like, I'm not saying he's not a good basketball mind, but if you hire J.J. Redick right now, you deserve, like, you're tanking for whoever garbage prospect is coming. Isn't next year's draft supposed to be, like, generationally bad or something? Yeah, like because that? of, uh, because they missed a year of high school basketball because of COVID. Oh, that makes sense. something so, like that. I forgot, so, I forgot how it was explained to me, but. So there's, like, there's like, a logical reason to it, though. It's not just, like. Yeah, no, no it's just. It, I think it's the reason is a lot of those kids miss like a crucial year of basketball because of, you know, the pandemic and everything being closed down. So you're seeing the effects of it. I could. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, that's you're talking about maybe their freshman or sophomore year they're missing. And that's obviously that that's kind of the like that's a big stepping stone because around that time, that's when high school players take this step and you kind of say, oh, that guy's going like to Duke or something or UNC like one of, they're going to be a legit prospect. So, um. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I could see next year people just lining up to draft Bronny solely because marketability. I could 100% see that happening. Even even if I mean, you also you get LeBron that one last year if you take Bronny. Yeah, which LeBron he's still good. Like he's he's not. You know, I, I'm sliding him down my my player rankings for sure, but um, he'll still be good and he'll still be. You know, like imagine if he does a one or two year tour in I don't know. Let's say. Dude, any of these teams seems weird. But, like, if he did a one- or two-year tour in, like, New Orleans or something, like New Orleans drafts Bronny, that that stadium would have would be packed at least, like, 30 of the 41 home games. So, yeah. Um, I mean, if he's on the board and the Hawks are picking, I mean, you already know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> screw it. Tony Ressler is not perfect. He's actually, like, a very good prospect. I know yeah, a lot yeah. of people just, you know, Bron- I mean, he's LeBron's son, but... I mean, he's a legitimate prospect. He's a nice 3 and D guy. Like, I remember at the McDonald's All-American game from this past, like, a few months ago. Like, I mean, he destroyed it shooting the basketball, so. Yeah. I mean, he's a legitimate prospect. Got to give him his uh, his respect, besides just being, you know, LeBron's son, so. Yeah. 
yeah. Anyway, but uh, um, yeah. I mean, a lot has gone down in the NBA. I mean, the Sixers they fell out of the playoffs. Um, wow, what a Clippers fell out. I mean, it kind of looks like the Nuggets are the front runners to, to win the title last right now. And like the last time we recorded, I probably wouldn't have said that at all, honestly. But I mean, they're up three three over the Lakers, and they. I mean, honestly, they I, they kind of look unstoppable on offense, man. Like they obviously had their defensive woes, you know. They don't have any like defenders like that, but I mean that team on the offense, man, they're just something else. I mean, Jokic is putting up two K like stats a game. Jamal Murray is, I mean, I mean Jamal I Murray, Jamal been, Murray's killing it. Yeah, he's back to the bubble basically. He, he's a bucket. Michael Porter Jr. is you know doing his thing on offense. He's not as bad on defense anymore, even. So, I mean, he's not like a good defender by any means, but he's not terrible for a you know a small forward. So, yeah, I mean. Last month, I definitely would not, or last time we podcast, I definitely not would have been here saying, you know, the, the Nuggets are the front runners to win the title, but I mean, they are. I mean, the Heat, who, you know, this is interesting. The Heat, who the Hawks, you know, just, I mean, I, I mean, obviously we kind of did start, the least started to slip away the game, probably got closer than you probably wanted to be in the playing game, but I mean, that playing game, the Hawks like dominated the Heat for what, two, two and a half quarters? Is that fair to say? I mean, the Hawks had the Heat's number, and now the Heat are up 2 0 over the Celtics in the, Conference finals, and I mean they're going back to Miami with those games. So, yeah, I, I don't it, know, man. It's it's hard to not see a, a Nuggets Heat final right now, especially the Nuggets because like they're up three zero. The Celtics could for sure come back from o two, but you, I mean, you're talking losing both your home games to the eight seed. It's you know it's kind of wraps for him. Um, so yeah, I I think it'll be a, a Nuggets Heat finals, and you know that that'll be that'll be fun, but also. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, be excited to watch it every night. But honestly, whenever the Hawks get eliminated, I kind of lose some of my interest. Obviously, there have been years where the playoffs have been phenomenal. Playoffs have been fine this year. But we just we just haven't had that moment yet. Like, honest to God, maybe the best moment in the playoffs was, you know, Trae Young's shot. And, and that's... Complete, oh, 100%. And, Come on. And, and, that's completely, <clears throat> and that's completely biased, but also, like... Like, think of those 2019 playoffs. We had that Kawhi shot in the second round. You know, after that shot in the second round, you knew, like, okay, I need to watch the rest of this because it's going to be crazy. Um, you know what I was thinking about, Jackson? Like, just random um, tangent. So, 2019, Kawhi kind of basically wills the Raptors to a championship, right? Do you remember game five, how it ended? I'm going to be honest, no. Like, honestly. That, that, that's, fine. that's fine. Uh, so... Like, the Raptors were either down one or two, and it was home in Toronto, game five. They're up three games to one. They have the ball, so they have the last shot. Like, they could basically get a buzzer beater championship winner. Kyle, oh, and Kyle Lowry hits off the side of the backboard. Yeah, yeah, and I was just yeah. I was just thinking, like, obviously it doesn't matter. I don't think anyone in Toronto really cares. I don't think any of the Toronto players care because they won the championship. But I'm like, that would have just been, like, I do not like Kyle Lowry. I don't really care about the Raptors, but that would have been really cool. For like Kyle Lowry or you know obviously Rosen was not a there. championship buzzer beater is objectively cool no matter who hits it unless yeah. it's the Hawks in which I case mean, I uh you know I mean, <laughs> if the Hawks got beat off a championship <laughs> buzzer beater can, can, yeah, can imagine that happened like I don't know how long it take for us to podcast about the game I think it I think it take a month I think we a, a, a month delayed Doomcast yeah, yeah you cannot let him take that shot <laughs> um yeah I was just thinking about that I was like damn kind of wish we could have seen that but you know. Um, if we do get Nuggets heat, then I, I will I'll have to, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I am going to have to backtrack. I have 
multiple times said I thought Joel Embiid was better than Nikola Jokic. Um, <laughs> nope. I'm, uh, you know, I'm giving myself the fart noise. I'm uh, process Sixers been at 11 years, never made one conference finals in their life. Get out of here. Where? Come yeah, on now. Yeah. Even the Hawks made it to the conference finals twice in that twice, span. Twice. Yeah. So, you know, um, Jokic, uh, you were the best center in the league. You may be the best player in the league. I'm, I'm glad he's finally like, not that he's been terrible in the playoffs, but he's finally as dominant in the playoffs as he has been in the regular season. Like, I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but pretty much every playoffs run for the Nuggets before this, Jamal Murray was like, oh, he's he's been their best player today in the playoffs. And then and then this run, they've basically been both been the best players on their, you know, so it's it's uh, good for Jokic, I guess. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, every step of the way, I've kind of like doubted Jokic. I was like, oh, and beats the MVP over Jokic. And I was like, well, Jokic can win in the first. I, I think I even said that the Timberwolves would have like a pretty good shot of beating the Nuggets. And then I was like, well, he's he's losing the KD and Booker. But no, Jokic just, I mean, every step of the way, he's the proving me is, wrong. The and team is just pretty good. Their team is pretty good. And, I, and like I said, he, he's putting up 2K stats. And the emergence of Bruce Brown is pretty insane to watch. Um, You know, if we ever talk about Hawks free agents, I think he's out of our price range by now, just off these performances. But considering the regular season you know, that he had <laughs> shooting the ball, playing defense, and then this playoffs, uh, yeah. Hawks offseason target is somebody, Bruce okay. Brown, I, w- I would like that. I think he shot near 40% from three. Let's bring, like a decent amount of attempts. let's bring in Austin Reeves. We need to. Do I mean, it looks like he's destined for a payday, a payday that the Lakers can't give him. And I don't know. I think somebody, I don't know. I worry about giving guys like that a contract because you, you might like, you. I don't know. This is a OG throwback name. Not really. It's like, you know, like seven years ago at this point. Do you remember Jonathan Simmons, Logan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy for the Spurs. He was right? like, yeah, he was on like the Spurs teams, like after when it was Kawhi's team officially. And I remember like, he had like a good regular season and a good postseason, and then the Spurs couldn't pay him, and he went over to Orlando, got like a, a a big contract for that time, and then had like a decent year, and then just fell off the world. Like I think Austin Reeves is a good player. Um, he's from the South, which I like. You know, you know, you know, the South got something to say, of course. But um, Arkansas. Is it called? Why did I call it Arkansas? It's Arkansas. Anyway, um, come on now. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about Hawks free agent sometimes. Uh, I I actually have a hot take about one Hawks free agent to target. Uh-huh. Let's just say he plays in Memphis. <laughs> you you probably oh. know who I'm talking about. We're, no, we're, I we're, we're saving this for later. All right, for sure. Anyways, Logan, you know, we did promise this after we were eliminated from the playoffs. But today, the whole point of this episode, besides just talking about the NBA kind of casually. Oh, um, we have to talk about one more thing kind of casually, though. Oh, I'm scared. I mean, the, the NBA lottery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they may have got to the last laugh over be good for them. <laughs> it is what it is. You know what? Let me let me uh, pull this up real quick. Okay, no. I was going to say, I wonder if... Oh, man, you know what's crazy is if... I'm, tra- I'm trying to figure out... Did the Spurs pulling off that comeback against us and winning that game get them in the exact lottery position? I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it may have helped them. Anyway, yeah, so Wemby will be going to... Uh, the Spurs, I guess the only one that really applies to the Hawks directly is it's the Hornets pick. Yeah, so obviously the Hornets either they, I mean, they would be smart to take Scoot just because two things. One, I think Scoot. I want to. I want to say something now, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Logan. Um, I have no bearings or the Charlotte Hornets. I obviously don't care for the Hornets. The Hornets, I mean, they embarrassed us a few times this year. I'll say this though. I like Brandon Miller. I like Cam Whitworth. I think those guys are good, great prospects in their own. 
there there is an obvious uh like a prospect in this class it's victor i mean come on now he's been the a prospect for years now we've been talking about victor for a year now then there's an obvious b prospect and that's scoot henderson i don't use that b lightly and then there's a gap and then there's the rest of the guys i just mentioned like i like those guys but charlotte I know you may have concerns about taking a six foot two guard when you have Lamelo. Well, I'm gonna be honest. That Lamelo, get rid of Lamelo. I mean, but my thing with that is like, I don't. I think you have to look at that just because. I don't mean to say this rudely. Like, do do we do you see Lamelo and Charlotte in five years? No, that that's my point. I don't. Not, that's my thing. It's like it's not that Lamelo is a bad. I, I'll player, say this. I but, think uh, Lamelo and Scoot can play together just because Scoot Henderson knows how to play off ball. Like that's the only reason why. And, you know, obviously you can stagger guys, but I, I like I don't see LaMelo being in Charlotte in another five years. And that's not against like a slight against Charlotte. I just think LaMelo's not like I don't I'm not trying to say he doesn't want to be there. I'm just trying to say like LaMelo is is shooting guard size, but he will never play like a shooting guard. And and I don't know. I'm not trying to like hate on LaMelo, but it's not. The, no, he's a great player. He's, he's uh, a good player. Yeah, I, I doubted him at one point, but you, you, did, you had him in the second round. I remember that. That was no crazy. Comment. Yeah. Um, well, I'm getting traded for a better prospect. So, haha, <laughs> win again. But like, if I'm Charlotte, the the biggest thing that would hurt about trading him would just be marketing wise, because he is like everyone in Charlotte has a ball jersey. You know what I mean? But you know, it's crazy. I was in Atlanta a few months ago, and I saw a, a, a person wearing a Terry Rozier Hornets jersey. So there you go. But like, I don't know. Like. You absolutely can try the Scoot and LaMelo thing because LaMelo, I would assume, is about to be on a max contract. Like, he's due for extension. I would I would, I would, would not imagine they do anything other than max him. It'd be kind of silly not to. My only issue with LaMelo is just, like, I don't I don't know how adaptable he will be. Um, he's obviously a very good player. He, he The scoring has never been an issue. I thought in the NBA his scoring would be slow, but... He came out the gates scoring like 15 a game, and then the past few years he's been 20 a game. The passing's good. Um, I mean, look, he's just a very good player. But um, you know, if you should not take uh, the shooter from Bama um, okay. over over Scoot solely because of fit, because like. I mean, that's the the worst thing the Hornets could do in this situation. They also, and I think they might bring I'm back the Hornets, bridges. They might bring back bridges. And yeah, then, no, that's happened. He was on FaceTime with Jordan. It's over, bro. He's playing next. And year. then it's we, like, and then it's like, are you worried about fit now with with Miller? Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the the, the if I'm the Hornets, I'm taking Scoot. I'm trying Lamelo and Scoot together. If I have to end up trading Lamelo one day, fine, you know, whatever. Um. Second, second thing I do is maybe you do trade Lamelo. Say, Scoot, here's the franchise, the keys to you know being the 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 ball handler of the franchise, and then trade Lamelo for what will probably be a huge package. In all honesty, and uh, then uh, and third thing, and this is this is worst case scenario. I think you take you know either Brandon Miller or Cam Whitworth. I say or in that sense because Brandon Miller was like the third prospect that everybody was talking about, but. There's been some like stuff about him that he's not in good shape and stuff like that. You know, not even like that has to do with like the legal stuff, but I mean it's just starting to look like either some team is leaking some stuff to try and get Brandon Miller to fall to him, or he's yeah. just you know, you know, not what, taking this too you know, serious. You know, it's sneaky. The, uh, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of this now, so it may not make logical sense. But if if for whatever reason Charlotte really does not want to take Scoot, then or or I guess should say does not want to play Scoot in Lamelo. 
They should honestly, and I know it's weird to do trades within a division. They should be calling up Orlando. Orlando needs guards, and Orlando ha- Orlando has like five guards though. <laughs> None of them are that good. They need a, they need an actual like good guard. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying like like Orlando they have so many players, but just like. I mean, we talk about like their potential and stuff, but like none of them are very good. Like, my my productive. point. Productive. Like, Paul is awesome, but my point being like, uh, Orlando might want Lamelo or, um, Scoot to be like their actual franchise guard, and then Charlotte gets an absolute haul back. I don't know who or what, but obviously you'd probably swap picks two for six, and then Orlando has to throw. I mean, you can add on. I mean, Magic has you know young players out the wazoo, man. I mean, yeah. So. I don't know, but like they wouldn't want to move Wagner. Obviously not Paolo. So it's kind of tough. But, but then I mean then you realize you have like Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. I mean, it, they, it, they have it, guys it. to make this happen. They just I mean Jonathan Isaac even. It seems like he's it. on his way back to play about ten games before he gets, you know, another injury. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, Logan. I don't have oh Hawks draft stuff. We were in the lottery. And the worst thing about having the fifteenth pick I've discovered, Logan, is that people will make these post-lottery mock drafts and they'll only go to 14 so i get the ultimate blue balls i know simon tweeted that out but felt that because i've been clicking on a few of these it gets to 14 i'm like all right who they got the hawks taken and then the mock draft just ends at 14 which kind of sucks but you just uh, have to do deductive reasoning you just have to be like okay well at, at that pick then i will take okay you know well oh my god jet howard would it 10th wow the hawks get up at 15 here for me good job me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know we'll, we'll get into more draft stuff later i'm sure but but you know, the first post end of season podcast, it's got to be the, the the famed Hawks Talks Award Show. Get the red carpet out, everyone! It's time. Uh, I do want to say um, this is. I mean, we've almost been doing this podcast for three years now. I think this is our third award show. I think, yeah, so, yeah. All right. Um, there are some new categories this year. There's also going to be, you know, not necessarily awards, but there's some stuff in the end that's more of like not awards, but we're just going to talk about it. But Logan. As always, welcome to the third annual Hawks Talks Award Show. I know the red carpet. I know the the paparazzi is in the building, ready to give out some awards. Logan, I sent you the awards list recently. I've had time to think it over. I have some good picks. I kind of put in my reasoning for why that award's in there. I will say uh, I did have to change some of these awards up from my original first draft because I saw another Hulk contract creator in our awards list for all the same. I said, all right, we're changing that up. I can't have that. Some of these are the same though. Um, but yeah, anyways, Logan, let's get into it. As always, here we go. Drummel, ladies and gentlemen, the first award we're going to be giving out today, Logan, as always, we always start off with this one. The team MVP. I mean, Trae, Trae I will next. say <laughs> Trey Young is my winner. Trey Young's your winner. I mean, what am I gonna say? John Collins? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hard for someone to knock Trey off this one, but I think it's a good opener. Trey Young has won this award three times in a row now. Wow, you have to start. You, you have to wonder if anybody's gonna catch up to him. But uh, yeah, Trey, Trey's the MVP, man. Um, if there was any doubts about it, you know, heading into the playoffs, because this objectively was, you know, a disappointing year from what we talked about. I, I think that shot over Jalen Brown in game five, I believe, that uh that that solidified who the team MVP was. So uh congratulations to Trey Young. He's won this award three years in a row. Logan, do you ever see this one changing? Unless Trey Young is, you know, literally not not eligible to win it because he's off of the team. Like, is there any way uh, someone can overtake him for this award? You know, I I could see a world where if we made a move, like I, I, I'm not even sure if I'm necessarily necessarily a proponent for this, but 
say we make a move for Jalen Brown, whatever. Ex- don't let's not talk about trade packages or whatever. But let's say we add Jalen Brown or a Jalen Brown level player, and let's say let's say Trey takes fewer shots and and he passes more, and let's say Trey averages twenty three and thirteen, and Jalen Brown or whoever average averages like twenty nine and six or whatever. Then I could see maybe you you would argue that the Jalen Brown or the Jalen Brown stand-in wins MVP. But otherwise, you know, especially with the current group, guys, no. Trayon's going to be the best player uh, pretty much every time. So, you know, uh, I'm, it's why it's why it's good to have Trayon. So, there you go. But, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a reason why he's a team MVP every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The You know, always the most boring award out of the way. You know, it, it's the... It's a good to open with. It's 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 the Oscar for best costume or something. You know what I mean? All right. Second award. Walton Player Man of the Year. Okay. Wow. That was an odd chair. Anyways, no. Our second award is going to be, and I did add on a bit of a twist to this one, Young Player of the Year. But when I did send this to you, Logan, I said it could either be off of their production this past year, which is an obvious answer for, I mean, we all know who it is, or the potential that we saw this year. So I think that gives us a good selection of guys to choose from. You know, you can either choose the prediction. I mean, the production that you that we got from this this past season, or you can say, "All right, I saw this potential in them. I think going forward that makes me excited." But Logan, who's your young player of the year? There's obviously. Well, I guess you know what. I think Okongu could count for this. So I guess there's three pretty clear options. Yeah, Okongu was who I was talking about with the production thing. I, I honestly. I wanted to add on that second part about or potential you saw this year because I was like, if we're just going off of who you're the best young player was, I mean, it's a Kongu in terms of production, in my opinion. Like, nobody really came close to a Kongu if you're talking about the younger guys on this team. Yeah, so, so it, I mean, it's actually not as easy an award. I think there's honestly different factions in the fan base. There's a very big recent faction ever since we hired Quinn Snyder of Jalen Johnson truthers and believers, and I'm with y'all. Um I'm very excited about him. AJ Griffin cooled off the second half of the season, but it can't be denied those first 30, 40 games. He was, I mean, he was averaging like nine or 10 points a game. Sniper shooting had some really great moments. He had two buzzer beaters. Or was it one? Two buzzer beaters, two game winners. I should say, I don't know if they're buzzer beaters, but two game winners. Um, Like uh, it's hard to not be excited about him as well. He, he very clearly seems like he's due for a big step up in terms of role next season. Probably a sixth or seventh man type of type of role, assuming he can, you know, prove himself a little bit to Quinn Snyder over the summer. And then Okongwu, for good chunks of the season, was our starting slash closing center because Capella missed a couple games, and then uh, we closed with Okongwu a lot of times. And he took a pretty decent step forward. Um, looks kind of primed for a starting center. I personally am gonna I'm gonna give it to AJ. I think. Um, he, he's truly a rookie. Uh, the other guys are not. So I, I do think that gives him a little extra sort of cushion or slash bonus points for this. Um, and he really did have a, a fantastic stretch early on. Um, but I will say I do think Jalen Johnson has the best potential of them all. But he's also, I don't think he's necessarily likely to reach, maximize his potential. But Jalen Johnson, you know, kind of clearly just has more in his like bag than of his backup potential anyway than AJ or a Congo, but I'm going to go with AJ. Uh, just, you know, but it's a close race. You could choose any of them and I'm not going to really argue. You know, I, I, I'm going to personally, I'm going to personally go with Jalen Johnson. I think, um, you know, like I said, if we're just going off of production, this, this award of the Congo's, but, uh, just what we saw from Jalen Johnson this year, I really, I, I think 
I don't want to, you know, disparage anyone. I think, you know, the X factor going forward for the Hawks in a way is, you know, Jalen Johnson and, and AJ Griffin, just in terms of the fact of like their potential is really, really high, man. Like those were two picks that I can look back on. I have like no qualms about those were those were picks where, you know, metaphorically you hit out of the ballpark, you know. AJ Griffin looks to be, you know, I we I think me and you both knew he was going to be a really good offensive player this this season. But like I would say aspects of his offense that were, you know, even better than I thought they would be with the shot creation. I mean, you know, during that first half of the season, before he hit that, you know, rookie wall thing, AJ Griffin was honestly like a way better shot creator than I was thinking. I was thinking year one, he's just going to be kind of a come off screens, you know, you know, stand in the corner, catch and shoot type of guy. But the shot creation that we saw from AJ Griffin this year, both, you know, at the three point line, then into the mid range and even into the paint was really something that really impressed me. Um, I'm personally going with Jalen Johnson just because I think Jalen Johnson's size and the position he plays means a lot to the Hawks. The Hawks obviously, you know, don't want to get into this too much. This is an award show. Let's try and stay positive. It's pretty obvious that going forward, John Collins, you know, he probably isn't going to be the guy, you know, just, you know, just speaking, you know, how I, how I'm calling things, how I see them. And, you know, Jalen Johnson really is someone who could like fill in there. But also like you think about that, like Jalen Johnson's ability to play defense on the perimeter. It's something that, you know, I reflect on a lot for my, you know, pause for my optimism about Jalen Johnson. You remember that game against the Blazers that Jalen had, man, where he was guarding Dame. I mean, you know, Damian Lillard is one of the most prol prolific scores in the NBA right now. And Jalen Johnson, you know, for a second year player, he did great on him, man. And stuff like that is going to be so valuable that, you know, that ability to move on the perimeter, that ability to, to, you know, have the ball in his hands, create for himself and create for others. I mean, he had some amazing passes to this year, you know, especially down to a and stuff. That was a duo I really enjoyed to watch play was JJ and Okongu. I think going forward, you know, Jalen's potential, it could be the difference in between the Hawks, you know, being, you know, a Sixers level team and then being like, you know, a, a finals, you know, team. And I, that's really just praise I have for Jalen. I think he's, I, I think he's the X factor, man. I'm really excited about him going forward. I just think with the size and, you know, he has really rare skills at his size that you only see in players who are, you know, some of the upper echelon of the league. You're not going to find many players as tall as Jalen John. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> like I, at one point, Vince Simmons was at the upper echelon of the league, but, uh, you know, you know, some things have happened. Hopefully don't happen here, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, Jalen, he's just so impressive. I mean, obviously, you know, there's still room to grow. There's room to fix up things. There's room to improve his shooting. He's like I said, it's the young player of the year award. These players aren't polished, but you know, we see, we see glimpses of what Jalen Johnson can do. But like the thing that separates someone like Jalen Johnson and someone like Cam Reddish is the fact that like I feel like Jalen Johnson was just way more consistent about it. All respect to Cam Reddish, by the way. I I hope he's doing well. I don't even know where he's at anymore, honestly. That's but, gonna be so fun to see if his uh how his contract goes, Cam Reddish anyway. That'll be that'll be oh, I'll be so interested in that. But yeah, I'm with you. There, there's definitely reason to take Jalen in that. Like his potential I, I do want to is... give a big shout out to Okongwu on this one because, I mean, Okongwu's production for a young player, you know, still on his rookie contract and all that was so impressive this year. Once again, um, he closed down the Capella talks. You know, I was saying on this podcast around December or something that Okongwu was probably best suited as a trade ship. But, you know, over time, you know, he's won me over. I can, you know, look back on that and say, hey, that was that was wrong of me. I was probably off the mark on that one. I I've sent a Kongu a lot of hate and frustration, but um, I mean it's it's hard not to look at him after the season after you basically, put it all together. Basically, any time the opposing center got an offensive rebound, you were like screeching. Yeah, well, about Okongu. yeah, yeah. Well, that's still happening. Um, just saying. Uh -uh. Yes, that happens to every center in league, Jackson. 
Oh my god! I mean, oh my god! This crappy backup center who's only who's seven feet tall listen, is, is listen, only that, is only good for rebounding. Got a rebound. Well, what do you think, Jackson? What do you think? When, when, no, when Nick Richards put up twenty and ten on us, I I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I have no qualms about saying that. I was ready to die. I was ready to go. But um, Akago had a good year, man. He looks he looks ready to be the starter on the team. If that's the direction the team goes, we'll see. You know, in the coming months. But um, yeah, I just want to give Congo some props. I mean, AJ obviously. I mean, you talked about him. Jalen, I mean, we're, we're, we're very blessed to have such a good young core. I mean, obviously, there's many ways you can use young players. You can develop them into being, you know, you know starting level players. Or you can use them as trade assets if you want to. But, uh, I mean, especially not considering we don't have our picks. We're really blessed to have such, you know, nice young players. But, um, Logan, we're going to move on to our next award. This one is a lot more negative and pessimistic. Um, I think this one's going to be... Pretty interesting. We're going to be giving out the award for the disappointing player of the year. I mm. did want to say this player can be on the, he could have been on the roster when the season ended against the Celtics or at any point during the year. There's obviously some so, obvious answers on this one. I'm curious to see who you go with. I, think, I have my personal one and I, I want to say I wasn't disappointed as like, you know, a talking head about the sport. I was disappointed like personally by it because I believed. Uh, I think we should start calling this award the DeAndre Hunter Man of the Year Award. I'm kidding. Oh, that, wow. That's actually, that's not who I'm choosing, although he was disappointed. Oh, I was about to let's, say. Let's not get it twisted. DeAndre Hunter is disappointing, but, you know, he had his moments. A guy who had absolutely zero moments or maybe a singular moment who I expected to be a decent role player for us. Justin Holiday is a fucking bum. It still hurts. Yeah, my, my answer's the same. It's still the same, man. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah, it, you know. If you wanted to hear uh, DeAndre Hunter or John Collins, don't get me wrong. Those are valid, especially considering, if you remember, John Collins started the season very strong the first week or two, and then the rest of the season, like, not always his fault, but the offense really just disappeared. They, they Those guys are disappointing, but I expected Justin Holiday to at least be useful, and he was among the— Justin Holiday had—you remember that first game that we played in useless, Milwaukee? Among the most useless players in the league, yeah. He had like five mid-range jumpers in the fourth quarter. I was like, "Oh yeah," but was, I don't know, man. So, yeah, that was it, though. That that was genuinely, I think Justin Holiday had two good points, two good moments this season. It was that, and then apparently, I think he had like the game-winning or something three when he was with the Mavericks after we traded him. But yeah, my answer is the same, man. I did want to say though, I saw. I, I don't mean to miscredit anyone. I just genuinely forgot where I saw it at. There was something like this post somewhere, not in the form of like an awards or anything. Somebody just asking who your most disappointed player. There was a lot of people who said Dejounte, and that kind of surprised me. Like, I think Dejounte I mean, was exactly what you should have expected him to be. I think if if you're if you were to be disappointed with anyone in the Dejounte Trey dynamic, it honestly should have been Trey for most of it, because solely because Trey just couldn't shoot this year. If, you guys got to think if Trey shot thirty five or thirty six percent from three this year, instead of thirty one or thirty two, whatever it was, like. The, I'm not saying the team wins 50 games, but like everyone's stats like a, a considerably nicer, and we probably win an extra couple of games, maybe one or two games. Um, I think Dejounte was exactly what you should have expected. He 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 was scoring 20 points a game on you know what? It's not super efficient in terms of true shooting because he doesn't get to the line much, but he's he's good at what he's good at. I would love to see him get to the you know cut to the paint more, but the team had very bad very bad spacing. And that's really not because of DeJounte or Trey. That's because of the other guys around. So it's hard to blame DeJounte for that. The defense, like, no, De, uh, DeJounte's not a good, like, point of attack defender. But if you were expecting him to be, then 
probably just got lied to slightly. Um, you know, it happens. He's an off-ball sort of steals guy. Um, DeJounte was good. DeJounte was fine. I would not say he was disappointing. He was disappointing in, in the fact that he didn't elevate the team, but I don't think you blame DeJounte for that. I think you blame generally the coaching slash the team for that. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I, I get it. The big trade and then we're the same, basically the same team. I get it. It's, it's kind of weird, but it's what it is, I guess. Yeah, I was surprised to see so many people said DeJounte. I think, I don't mean to say this, you know, in a, in like a talking bad way, but I, a lot of people just had way too high expectations for DeJounte, man. Like, I feel like a lot of people, whenever we got DeJounte started speaking off of narratives and stuff, instead of like, I'm not trying to sit here and say they didn't watch, you know, the Spurs or DeJounte Murray. I'm not trying to say that by any means. I feel like people put put such like lofty expectations like, oh, DeJounte is going to be a secondary ball handler. Everything's going to work with Trey. They're going to both play off each other. And then also on top of that, offensively, DeJounte defensively, he's going to be a lockdown defender. And like DeJounte is not like some bad, awful defender. I, I know a lot of people who, you know, just inherently dislike DeJounte for whatever reason, you know, part of the Hawks fan base, um, you know, they were mad at Jante saying, you know, just things that I just find like untrue about his defense. But like, he's not the point of attack guy. You probably won't. But like to see her and act like Jante is some guy who gets targeted and all this is kind of insane to me, honestly. But like, ideally, I do think the Hawks just need more point of attack defenders. And like Jante may, I don't think Jante, considering how much he does on offense, has to be that guy who plays point of attack defense you need, you each need night. A, you know, you need a guys like Hunter or uh, Justin Holiday to step up oh for God. that, and they did. Yeah, I mean, you look around the league, and it's like there, you know, many guys who are regarded as like the best defenders on the team, they don't play point of attack defense a hundred percent of the times. Like I feel like our fan base was expecting Dejounte to. It's like that's just kind of how it goes, you know. You know, a lot of the, there's a lot of role players in this league who do the point of attack defense, and that's their job. I mean, you think of Matisse Ibel, Dylan Brooks. I mean. You know, not very high company there, but I'm just saying those guys, they do do a objectively, you know, dirty job in today's league in terms of that. And I don't, I, I think it's just kind of crazy to say that people are disappointed by DeJounte. It's like, if you want to be like upset that your expectations weren't met, that's fair. But I feel like people just place it's just place such a lofty expectations that, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't realistic at all. And like, we did see improvement from DeJounte. I, I want to say, look at this. I mean, look at the three point percentage. I mean, objectively, DeJounte took a big step up in his three point percentage. I think he shot the best he shot in his career from three on the most attempts, excluding his rookie year where he took like, th- like point three threes a game. Cause he didn't play. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't know. It's, I didn't get that answer at all. My personal answer was, of course, Justin Holiday. Coming out of the Herder trade, I genuinely thought the Hawks were going to be getting, you know, two, you know, I didn't think they were Herder level players in terms of quality. Um, that's regular season Kevin Herder, not playoff Kevin Herder for anyone who cares. <laughs> Got to get my jokes in. Um, Mo Harkless, I mean, he, I'm pre- didn't he get released before the season started? Yeah, he was in the trade Maybe. to OKC for Vic Krejci. Oh, that's fire. Wow, we won that one. V. It, I should have put teammate of the year award on here. Damn it. All right. If there is that award, Vit wins it. But uh, yeah, Mo Harkless never played for us. And Justin Holiday did play us, did play for us. We had Aaron Holiday. But aside from that Bucks game, that first one up in Milwaukee where he just went nuclear from the mid range, it just, it never worked. He never really hit his shots. He never was that defender. Like you just mentioned, Logan, with the point of attack stuff. It just, Justin Holiday is just never that guy. He was pretty disappointing. I feel like. I, I, I'm not even going to sit here and say I put left lofty expectations. Like I wasn't out here saying he's going to shoot 40% from three and, you know, play good defense. I was, 
I was just hoping he would be a solid defender and hit some shots, you know, off the passes. But I mean, he was just never able to come through. And he ended up, I, I genuinely think the players that we got, what was that trade? Oh, gosh. How Frank Kaminsky. Oh. Ah, nothing. Go ahead. Frank Kaminsky <laughs> and Justin Holiday. We're spending, we're spending way too much time talking about Justin Holiday. Yeah. Right no, I just, I started thinking about the trade again. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, the players we sent back, got back on that trade. Garrison Matthews, he had some highlights this year. Love it. Bruno Fernando, love it. Anyways, man, disappointing the player of the year award goes to Justin Holiday. Um, this really is an award for you if you are listening, but, uh, you know, yeah. You Be better in the future. Anyways, moving on. Our next award is going to be our most surprising player of the year award. You, This can be most surprisingly good, most surprisingly bad. It's really up to you on your call. Yeah, this is a, this is a very vague, this is a vague award. This is the vague award of the year. Um, I, I, you know, and it's tough because you kind of want to like mix up who gets the awards right. Um, but I got to do it. I, I have to be real here. I was very surprised that Trey Young just forgot how to shoot for like massive chunks of the season at a time. There's really no other way to put it. That's the only thing that really truly surprised me. Was it that surprising that John Collins couldn't really figure out his role on offense? No, because we've been seeing that for a while now. It wasn't that surprising that, you know, Capella was exactly who we expected Capella to be. It's not that surprising that Hunter stayed about the same. You know, the main thing that really surprised me was. Uh, the first half season bench just futility, which isn't that surprising. Um, and Trey Young shooting, so yeah, most surprising player. I'm gonna go with Trey with the little sort of asterisk being Trey Young most surprising, but only his three point shooting. That, that's pretty much it. Oh, and also most surprising was, um, I guess Nate McMillan. I was surprised at how just abs- oh, I was surprised at how futile his offense was because you got to remember last year offense was elite in terms of like the analytics and stuff it's it's not like you know it's not like we went from a, a bad offense to a terrible one we went from a great offense hey, to can a we talk one. about the fact that this past last all season nate mcmillan we get to jante nate mcmillan flies out to oklahoma to work with trey on an off ball movement they do it for like what one game and then it just all goes out the window like never to be heard of again i don't i feel like that was just such a that was disappointing, man. I was excited for that. And then it just, it seems like they did it like kind of like, remember the Dubai games? And then it just immediately went out of the window after like one regular season game. So, the Dubai- yeah, the Nate Millen offense was for sure, you know, surprisingly bad. Yeah. What's your, uh, who, who, who wins your most surprising? I was actually going a bit of a different way. I would say the most surprising player for me this year was Sadiq Band, how seamlessly he fit in with this team. Yeah. And like, yeah. no shortage of like, you know, controversy controversy with like the trade thing that happened remember yeah. the warriors were panicking holding up trades oh we may cancel the trade over a guy who was out for like uh, like three more weeks after that entire debacle and i mean sadiq he just kind of kind of seamlessly fit in by the end of the season like it's like oh sadiq's been there for a couple of weeks but like the way he played man like he just fit in with the guys he cut to the rim he got buckets like that he was able to do his own thing with the shot creation and the shot creation was something that you know we heard from the pistons fans you know they were you know, talking about like, oh, he can't just like calls his own number or remember that article that was pretty much that that kind of just reeked of like the Piskins just like bashing someone in order to defend a trade. You remember that yep. where it talked about how like yep. he wasn't like Coach Bull wasn't playing within the system. But like, I mean, all things considered, Sadiq Bay's ability to shoot the ball like he did, you know, he came in, he fit in that regard as a really good, you know, we we had a shooting issue and Sadiq Bay, I mean, he came in and I, I don't want to say fix it completely, but he was a big contribution for the reason why this team, you know, got so far. Um, 
just he just fit in seamlessly. I you know by the end of the season he was someone who was new, but he didn't look new by any means. I mean he looked like he had been in the system for a couple of few years. But uh, I always thought that was impressive. I thought Sadiq was really surprising. I'm very excited for him going forward, and I still feel like he you know if the Hawks do move on from John Collins, I feel like he's the front runner to start at the four next year. Yeah. It, also, his rebounding was very nice. Yeah, yeah. That's he had a, a, he had, a that's he had a, a few games where he had ten plus. Yeah, that's the thing with Sadiq is shooting and rebounding like he's not going to play very good defense but he'll take shots he'll hit most of them and or not most of them obviously but you know what i mean he'll he'll hit a good chunk of them and he can he can grab some rebounds which this team cannot always do so it's very nice but um sadiq was gonna be my most underrated player which is the next award i was considering that but um the the more i have a good one for this one the more i thought about it sadiq wasn't that underrated like I, I, I just want to say, whenever I wrote this one down, a player immediately popped up on my mind, so I'm really hoping you don't take this from me. I'm sure. You know what? You go first, Jackson. You go first. All right, I'll go first. My most underrated player of the year award was Aaron Holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only guy on the team who's making, like, less than $20 million a year, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I will say, I mean, you know, we signed him, veteran contract. He's the third point guard, but, like, there was never a time where, unlike another Holiday brother, where I was like, damn, this Holiday brother damn. sucks in Aaron Holiday. Damn. It was like, Justin Holiday was the one who got my frustration. I'm sure Bucks fans felt that way about Drew this playoffs. But, like, Aaron Holiday, every time we played him, super solid, super, you know, consistent. You knew what you were getting. He played, you know, he played point of attack defense. He shot the ball well. You know, he did his thing, man. For a third string veteran minimum point guard, like, bring him back, man. Aaron was, bring him back. Hey, I'm just saying, you know, I, I know there's been some uh some some scoops, not really scoops, but there's been some some rumors about you know a possible return of Delon Wright. But I'm just saying, man, Aaron Holiday, he came in and he played the role that he was given very well, very very underrated by their guard. And I think a lot of I think we all knew how solid Aaron Holiday was. I think he's just underrated because you know, like you said, Logan, he's one of the few players on this team who isn't getting paid twenty million dollars, and he, he doesn't he didn't play much this season. That was like fans where he's out of the rotation, but. I mean, he even got playoff minutes, so just shot there in holiday. I thought, you know, for a veteran minimum, third string point guard, very consistent, very solid. Really enjoyed Aaron this past season. Yeah, he, he was uh, I He's one of those guys where if we can upgrade on him, that'd be great and all. Like, DeLon Wright is a bit no. He, I don't know. DeLon Wright sucks on offense, man. Like, we have to be real here. DeLon Wright sucks on offense, but he, he was like borderline all NBA defense level guys. So, you know, it's tough, but and he plays point of attack defense people. There we go. Woo. But, um, yeah, Aaron holiday is a good choice for most underrated. I, you know, I guess since you did that, I'll stick with Sadiq Bay. He's not underrated by Hawks fans. I think Hawks fans already really like him because he pretty much came in and instantly was just exactly what we needed. But, um, yeah, he's sort of an, a kind of forgotten piece of the team, um, for the current and potentially the future. Like, when I think of the guys on the team, I'm like, okay, we got Trey for now. Well, not. <laughs> we got Trey uh, presumably for a while. I was thinking John for now. We got DeJounte for at least one more season. Hunter for now. John for now. Capella for now. And then you got Kongu and AJ and J- Jalen. And it's like, and then you kind of just forget, oh, yeah, we also have Sadiq Bay. Like, we, re- you know, it, you have to truly give, uh, you know, Mr. Fields his credit. He was cooking in the month of February, Jackson. He, you know. That good trade to get Sadiq Bay, hiring uh, um, Quinn Snyder, which now you know I normally Jackson right don't these don't these coaching jobs kind of get snapped up pretty quick like the Bucks haven't had a coach for like three weeks now. Those teams would have hired Quinn Snyder by now, so I'm I'm very appreciative that we hired him. So yeah, shout out to Landry Fields, but 
Shout out Landry Fields. Do we need to say it, Logan? Can we say it? Can we say it? A bit of a trademark around this podcast around that month? Uh-uh. Say it. You say it. I say it. Let Nick Wrestler cook. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, um, I'll give Sadiq Bam most underrated. I'll be I'll be interested to see uh who who's sort of in contention for it next year. Because I have a feeling we're gonna see some new faces next year and 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 maybe some fly who knows, maybe it's like Garrison Matthews. Maybe Garrison Matthews plays more frequently when did play him he said he's impressed by garrison he got some run so so um then this next award there's really like there's one very clear option but there's multiple options here um (laughs) we're we're calling this the towering prince legacy award um (laughs) it it, it is not about rebounding it is about most likely be traded this offseason um and shout out to that torrent prince trade I, I you know we're not we're not huge travis schlenk lovers here that's the highlight of but man he right got two he got two first for Taurine prince man two and alan crab back which it didn't work out but at least in theory it was alan like crab was the original justin holiday just yeah, so we're all on the same yeah. page but at least it was a good idea you know what i mean like it could it, it potentially could have worked but you know anyway. he had the spirit with that one for sure yeah anyway um, most likely traded to be traded this offseason, Jackson. We should probably just say the obvious answer together in unison on three. All right. Uh, one, two, three. John Collins. DeAndre Hunter. Oh. I thought we were going somewhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's John Collins. I thought you were going to say Hunter, to be fair. I'd like to say. but No, I was being serious. You're trying to be funny. This is a serious podcast. Okay, yeah. This is a... I mean, it's always this This answer will always we're be trying, John Collins. We're trying to get credentialed. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's it's kind of John Collins award to <laughs> award this, this to lose. Prisley. No, if there was an award for John Collins, it's going to be most likely to have countless rumors made about being traded, but actually never be traded. John Collins legacy award. This one's the Torrey Prince legacy award because going into the offseason, we all knew. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Forty percent for third year gone. It's kind of funny. I will say that the net Guns for him. having this idea of Kyrie and Katie were like, yeah, Torrey and Prince send two first round picks. And, uh, I mean, one became Capella, so we'll take that. Anyways, no, I mean, it's John Collins. Let's be honest, people. Um, I'm just saying now, Logan, no offense to anyone out there who says it. If I have to read one more thing about how John Collins is going to unlock, I mean, how Quinn's can unlock John Collins, I, I don't want to read that. I, get that off of my timeline. Get, get that out of here. I, we, we'll have more conversations about this later, um, about the case for maybe keeping him and, and what scenarios you would keep him. But... Because you got to remember, he did have some good games against the Celtics. But in terms of most likely to be traded, he's very high up there. And, you know, another guy that's high up there, Clint Capella. Like, people have been sort of making this – it's not a rumor, but people, you know, allegedly James Harden wants to go back to Houston. They have picked 20. Yeah. Like, like, it it. wouldn't be that obscene for Capella to rejoin his old buddy James Harden. Whenever I texted you about this, you had a really good point about it that I think you should say here as well. Let me scroll up and find what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good point. It was on uh, 17th. Yeah, there it is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so the idea was, you know, if we traded Houston Capella and they traded us back the 20th pick, I know, one, the salary is, you know, technically doesn't work there. And two, people are going to say that's terrible value. You do have to remember, we traded the 19th pick for Capella. We played him for three years, and we trade him and get the twentieth pick back like that. That potentially, you know, and then potentially at twenty with Derek Lively's injuries, you could maybe get Derek Lively, Lively there and him be sort of the poor man's Capella replacement. But um, 
Yeah, that's not a real rumor. It just sort of makes sense. You know, James Harden and Capella helped each other's careers so much in Houston. Um, Capella was the reliable pick and roll lob guy. Probably, probably thousands of assists from James Harden over the years went to Capella. Um, and and obviously being with a pick and roll maestro like James Harden helped Capella go from you know an unproven raw prospect to a really good, uh, really good player that's made like hundred million dollars over the course of his career now. So, um, and plus Houston just desperately needs like adults in the room and Capella's sort of, you know, he's a very good, he's a good guy, good leader, good player. Um, and because of the contract situation in the Congo, it seems like we may not be able to keep him. So that, that's sort of the, the thought process there. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, that, that award was kind of obvious, but we had to put it in there. Torin Prince legacy award. Come on. Um, this next one, I have a feeling this one's also going to be an easy, an easy one, Jackson. Maybe you know we're going to have to split this up, Jackson, um, for both the regular season and the postseason because I know the postseason has the most obvious one and it's probably the best for overall. But anyway, uh, it's the. Be- I, I feel like it'd be fun if we start off with the worst mode of the regular of the regular season because there was a few. There was a few. Okay. There was a few. Okay. So essentially, the last two awards are best and worst moments of the regular season and playoffs. We'll start out with worst. Um, Worst moment. Worst of the regular season. There's two that come to mind. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> flip a coin and we can choose one. Um, but for me, by <laughs> far the worst was truly uh, the the Rockets' loss. Um, this- yeah, realistically, it's the Rockets' loss. But after that spat, spat I got into, that Spurs got on Twitter, it's the Spurs' loss. Just because now, no, 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 no. That was awful. <laughs> but no, the Rockets' loss is definitely the correct answer here. Because I the, mean, we the, had the clown on the guys. Yeah. Jonte's grabbing heads paws and then it's just like the thing you've said this several times like we were on pace to have an objective with like very good record you know after that game had we won and then it just seems like it just collapsed after that comeback exactly so it was like it was like the moment where the timeline split and we just sucked after that it was it was hugely important in the in the wrong way so i do think that's the worst moment of the year but the spurs loss is also i don't mention this to that spurs loss because that was like what a 25 point lead that we choked mm. Dejounte's first game back in san antonio it's like san antonio fans they've had tons to say about Dejounte. they've had tons to say about the hawks it's like they got rewarded with win before it so obviously you don't reap what you sow anymore that's out of the window but <laughs> that was an objectively like a yeah, those two months are the worst. But the the Rockets lost. You know what? I, you know I just you know this just clicked like a light bulb. We need to stop playing in Texas. That's what the issue is. Mm, yeah, unfortunately we have two games there next year. <laughs> so, um, or is it more than two? Am I technically saying? three if you think about it? Who's the third? Am I am I forgetting somebody? Dallas. Oh yeah, I was. I knew I was forgetting one team. Yeah, three. Damn it. But um, hey man. I, I'm trying to think of to I'm trying to think over. of what the it third is. worst moment is because the first two are so obvious. But what's the third? Oh worst? gosh, um, mm. yeah, I know it's hard, right? I don't know. There's, there, there, I mean, honestly, those were the two worst losses, and then there's a lot of bad losses. But there's so many to choose from, and like also, I'm gonna say this as a fan of this team, you know, you also try and block out the bad losses because after a while, it's just like, damn. Yeah, Honorable yeah. mention, you know, last season, you know, two two seasons ago, that loss to the Blazers, <laughs> Trey had 56. Mm, yeah, yeah. Still got to throw that one up, but that was, yeah. you know, that was two years ago. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do honorary mention that game 2.0. Uh, DeJounte dropped his career high of what was it, 41, 42, and we lost in Portland again. That Hornets loss was bad too, man. That Wh- one. Which one George of the three? March. <laughs> 
I think it was, I mean, all the Nick Richards game was something oh, that will always oh, live rent free you, in my you head. Want, you want to know, though? The loss against the Hornets where we shouldn't have lost. We just got jobbed by the refs. That was bad. That was that was a bad one. I, all three of the Hornets losses, you can combine into one and put that yeah, third for me. Yeah, for sure. But that one towards like March where like Trey hit that shot and it's like, God, that was awful. All I right. can't believe we lost three times to the Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. And then the worst moment of the playoffs, I mean, obviously elimination or, or game one, um, you know, sort of how that, that first half went in game one. Those, but, but but my choice is... My choice is every time the refs blew the fucking whistle. That was the worst moment of the playoffs. because My were worst so moment of the playoffs, Tatum put back dunk in game six. Oh, mm. God. Mm. Mm. Oh, I, oh, I was pacing around the room. I tried to put a hole in the wall. I was so mad. I was like, no, nah, you cannot let this guy have a highlight. I mean, a legacy moment, bro. Like, just let us lose. <laughs> Ain't I mean, no legacy moment three, anymore. Two, no legacy moment anymore. No, I mean... <laughs> I I don't think I don't think Jason Tatum's fired in the East, folks. I'm just saying, man. Just, ooh. Whenever Tatum hit that putback dunk, I was so angry because Celtics Twitter was popping off and you you knew it was over then. It's like that Al Horford three rubbed me the wrong way just because I inherently dislike yeah, Al Horford. Yeah. But that Tatum putback dunk, that was that was that's like whenever that's like whenever your team is in a close game and then Kevin Harlan goes way off. Mm. Like, ooh. Ooh, that was Man, that was that was a moment that had me. I was obviously sad that it was over, but I was also mad that that's how it kind of happened because that put back dunk. I mean, you know we're gonna be seeing that one for a while. Oh, also, um, Bulls game winner over us from the regular season. I forgot about that one. It's a bit of a bit late on that one. Uh, they like beat us at the tip, and then they all landed on John Collins. You remember? I don't know. I forgot uh, what it was. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe December. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, those were my worst moments of the year for the regular season, and the playoffs. Um. Let's do best moments. Best moment of the season, get in Sadiq Bay. All right, move on. <laughs> um, best moment well, of the regular season. Well, I, well, you know, going off the NBA rules, the play-ins technically aren't regular season or postseason moments. It's kind of tough for the regular season. I, I'll say, you know, I'll give him some love. I'll say, I'll say AJ Griffin's play against the Raptors, the buzzer beater. That was yeah, that was hype. It was good to beat the Raptors too, because Raptors fans. Repping off one title. I mean, for real, man. That, you know what I mean. But boy, am I glad they I got they got absolutely shafted all around. They they trade a first for a center they didn't need. Um and then they Honestly, get- I'll say it. There was a win streak during the season that I really enjoyed. I'm looking back now. It was between January thirteenth and January eighteenth. And I mean January twentieth. Between those, you know, seven days, the Hawks beat some teams that we had some scores to settle against. Um they beat Toronto, which, you know, you know how Raptors fans are, Logan. They beat the Heat, which was, you know, really, you know, starting to get that monkey off of our back. They beat the Mavericks, which, you know, you know, and then they beat the Knicks. So it's like, it pretty I mean, that nice, was a nice five game win streak. And four of those five games are against teams that, you know, we've had like issues with. And it's funny because they immediately, the next two games after that, Logan lost to the Hornets, lost to the Chicago. The Chicago lost. It's the game. It's the game winner at the end. So that's about right. I mean, that's the way it goes. But that five-game win streak with four of those wins coming against the Raptors, the Heat, the Mavericks, and the Knicks. I mean, teams we've all had, you know, back and forth with as fan bases. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. Those- I would also say another good moment from the regular season was, you know, it did it mathematically in their season, but putting the dagger into the Mavericks season was nice, too. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. That, that that was like a nasty game, and but the Hawks being able to win it. I, I remember I, One thing I remember for that game is Trey was just constantly chasing the highlight moment, and... 
Uh, then the Hawks end up winning. But yeah, that was a highlight too. I I thoroughly, you know, I've I've cooled off on that. You know, I, it's been you know five plus. It's, it'll be five years in a couple of weeks here since that draft went down. You know, I don't really care much now. I don't really have the energy to. I have other energies I got to direct my hate towards. But uh, you know, that I mean, it's always just fun to beat Luca. Let's just keep let's just keep it real. Yeah, those, those are good shoutouts. Um, and then unfortunately, this award is just very obvious, but we have to do it. Um, best moment of the playoffs. Come on now. It's very clearly DeJounte. Beating the Heat in the play-ins, duh. It's, it's very clearly DeJounte just absolutely body-checking the ref. And by body-checking, I mean barely touching him and getting suspended as Tatum plows. And then Tatum did it like as Tatum plows through a ref never and, and gets a hug and a pat in the back. Jason Tatum sh- shoots a ref and, and it's self-defense? Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, anyway. Um, it's obviously Trey's game winner. Um, still arguably the best moment of singular moment of or shot of the playoff so far. People will give it to that Jimmy Butler uh, layup that uh, was it, tied the game. But let's be real here. There's a difference between tying the game when you're up in the series and to go to overtime. And there's a difference between taking a, a fucking 30 footer with your season on the line, draining it and winning it. So balls know. up still. The only issue I have with that Trey Young moment is. I thought Bob's reaction was a bit lackluster, which, you know, I, I excuse Bob. Worst moment of the year was, you know, what happened to Bob, obviously. I mean, just just, just thankful Bob's okay. He's a legend, folks. Come on now. And, um, yeah, I thought Bob's reaction to the Trey's game winners was lackluster. Neek wasn't there, I don't believe. And then um, and then Gus Johnson. Nothing but respect for Gus Johnson. He's one of the best football. The and, fact you know, is that, that would have been a double bang. That would have been a double bang. Yeah, no, if imagine Kevin Harlan or Kevin Harlan, we get a good or a Mike Brady bang, bang. I mean, come on now. I mean, that just would have been such an epic moment. Um, where do you put that compared to us? You know, whenever reality set in that we are going to beat the Heat in the plans, like how far away are Trey's game winner? And when reality oh, started to set Trey, in that Trey's the team game winner is you know, way higher. Trey's game winner is way higher. I, I think the Heat one's good for me though because like we go into the game two and eight, we're in Miami and. I mean, considering how far Miami's gone, I mean, Miami looks prime for a finals trip. You know, they may even win the damn thing, honestly. But just just think it back on it. Whenever reality started to sit in, sink in with me, and I think it was whenever, like, whenever John Collins had that, you know, drive to the basket, he passed to Sadiq, Sadiq dunked the ball. That's when it's like, all right, we're going to win this shit. Like, that was a really good feeling for me, considering that we are 2-8, and eight, and considering that Miami now looks like they're going to be in the finals. I mean, we're if they do win the finals, only one team got the better of the Miami Heat this postseason. It was the Atlanta Hawks. Hmm. I do like the sound of that, I will be honest. Um, but yeah. I mean, unless they lose the Celtics or the Nuggets or the Lakers. I mean, if the Lakers do pull off the first ever 3-0 comeback. Yeah, I'm going to just go on a limb and say that's not happening. But, you know, th- those are our awards. So, hope you guys enjoyed the award show. You know, the annual, the classic third annual, annual. Third annual uh, postseason award show. Got to have it. It's a, it's a necessary step in the offseason, you know, journey gotta have it and uh it's always a fun episode yeah um i don't have anything else to give out for awards man i think that's all of them i don't have anything else i want to add on i feel like we covered a wide range of topics um i was gonna actually ask you <laughs> i was gonna be like what's the best trade of the season i was like oh yes yeah, Bay. duh <laughs> uh, pretty much the only trade uh well i guess there's yeah small ones but yeah there's yeah. two there's yeah, the that one's Matthews pretty and, yeah. that one's pretty far and away obvious yeah Best yeah, best move else. of the offseason, getting Schlenk's bald ass out of there. There you go. That was in the offseason. That was midseason. 
that's why I'm at in, in the season. Like, I'm at in this of the season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that whole thing, the way it went down is still so crazy to me. It's like we're like a week away from Christmas, and then you know, Schlink gets like promoted in quotations. <laughs> but uh you know, stuff. promoted. It, it you know, I'm glad that we did the awards show because now we can finally like close the book on this past season. Like obviously there were some highlights like the trace shot, the beating the, the heat, you know, that five game win streak, all that was cool, but there's also significant like drawback overall logan i want to ask you this now that you know we've had time to rest from the hype and the you know the highs and the lows of the of the playoffs and all that this season you know was it did it disappoint you was it kind of average or were you you know it was kind of average it was average it was it was a little i feel like it was below average i don't feel like it was bad like i i do want to say i was listening out of boredom because i mean we were gone for a while um i listened to, like our podcast too and we did like a season preview and like i remember like i was like I think both of us said that we thought the Hawks would win like 50-ish games. And then I was like, well, there's maybe a chance that they maybe sneak out 60 if they get really lucky. And just like, I feel like in that regard, I set up expectations way too high for what this team was. Um, just even like looking at things level-headed, not knowing how the season went, just, you know, looking at things. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel like it was just below average, man. I do want to say, though, this season looks a lot different if, you know, Nate Millen isn't the coach. Respectfully, not all Nate's fault either. Yeah, but you know that that's just the world. Also, if you want to hear something living. funny on Nate Millen, last thing, um, apparently Nate Millen was primed to join Monty Williams' coaching staff after this season in Phoenix, and then uh, <laughs> Monty Williams got fired, so Nate Millen did not get that job in Phoenix. <laughs> Wherever Monty gets hired, though, I'm sure Nate McMillan might go. So you know, oh yeah, for sure, because Monty, you know, all the best. In Monty will get hired somewhere for sure. So yeah, one hundred percent. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I'm I'm good to wrap this up. Yeah, I'm I'm good as well. Well, Logan, any f- closing you know words, statements, anything? Love you, bye. I mean, no, no, I'm good. That's my job. Yeah. Um, no, but as always, we just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being patient with us. We're glad to be back into the swing of things. We're gone for a minute, but we're back. We're gonna be here every step of the off season. You know, in a lot of ways, this podcast is at its peak during the off season. Things get a bit hectic. Things get a bit crazy. We talk about a lot of stuff. Um, be sure to keep on alerts or notifications on for your podcast, wherever you're listening at. You know, we are in a we in a couple of weeks here, Logan. We're in, we're officially in emergency podcast season. Last year, it was the DeJounte Murray trade, the Kevin Herter trade that we did emergency podcast for. In the past, we've done them for Bogey, Gallo, I mean, a, a plethora of things. So I mean, the Hawks look primed to make moves. Even more reason to stay in tune with us. Follow us on Twitter to stay updated. Follow the podcast. Follow Logan. Follow me. It's on the link to the description. Make sure you turn on pot, you know, notifications for the podcast. And all as always, just want to say this. Make sure if you are able to, you rate us five stars. Give your boy some stars. We appreciate it so much. Um, just want to say thank you for listening. Have a good week. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs>